Shabbos Dav Kuf Chafei was taught in twelve lines in the bottom Kuf Chaf Talam and Beis Amram Nachman. How did lived in the Yisrael in Binyana? Shalul Totul the Chazal Mizgalayo. Any leftover bricks they had from a building site, and you finished the building already, you could use them on Shabbos and not Muksa because there's something that you could lean on and sit on, and therefore they become a kli Shoginu. But however, if you pile them up and therefore you show the idas is to use them for a future building, Vadek Sinu. Therefore you max it from idas to use as a seat because you're not going to use that, and therefore it will be us. To use in Shabbos. Why is that? Because like a stone, that's muksumachmus gufay, or this would be muksumachmus chesrayim kis. Since they're very delicate, you don't want to chip them because you could use them in building. Therefore, they're considered muksumachmus chesrayim kis. Amrav Nachman, Amr Shmuel, Cheres Ketanim, Mutal Tatal Bechatzal Bekamal Zloi. That if you small earthenware shard, you're allowed to use it on Shabbos. You're allowed to walk around with it in the chutzah because you could use it, like Rashi says, to cover a jar or a jug in the chutzah. Bekamal Zloi. You can't use the kamas because there's no jars and jugs in the kamas and. Therefore, of course, we're not talking about saw and walking in Dalai Lama's Bekamas because that would be awesome and Rabban to carry in the Kamas. We're talking about are you allowed to even touch it because of Muksa? We're not allowed to touch in the Kamas because there's no use in the Kamas. However, I'm not going to do I feel the Bekamas, you're allowed to use it even the Kamas because Rashi says that you could use it to cover spit because people are walking there talking and therefore there would be spit on the floor. They could cover their spit with that. I'll be Shusram Loi. But in Shusram, there's definitely no usage for that and therefore you're not allowed to use it. It would be Muksa in Shusram. You can't carry it even within four Amas. I feel Rosh Hashanah, you're allowed to even carry it around and touch it in Rosh Hashanah, even though there's no real usage in it. Because Vaz Rav Tamei, the Rav have a kaazel brisk to Mechuza. Rav was walking in the shuk, which is Rosh Hashanah in Mechuza. As Vasim Asani Dina, and his shoes got dirty from the mud. Also Shamei Shokel Chas Bechot Mechapchlei. His Shamis came, and he took a shard of earthenware, and he was wiping his shoe off. So Rami Bei Rabban called it. So Tami Dicham there that started screaming at at Rav that how can you let this happen? It's the issue of Shabbos of Tiltol. So I'm not loy mistayed like me. He said to this Rabbanon that it's not enough that you didn't learn enough the difference between what's and what's also you want to teach this mistake to other people you're wrong 100% wrong why? because if I would be in a chatzah it would be something that would be right to use to cover up a kli therefore this item can't be muksa no matter where it is therefore it's muta to me it's not tiltal it's not a problem muksa and that's why I had a right for my shamas to wipe off my shoes that if you have the covering of a barrel that the barrel shattered into many pieces then you let him move the covering as well as the pieces of the chavis on Shabbos there's no problem mukso because you could use it to cover up a bottle or cover up some sort of jug we learned the price is similar to Rabbi Yudomishbal but you can't repair one of the chards in order to cover your clean with it or to support the legs of a bed because that would be a problem of makarapatish since you're now taking it and smoothing out the sharp edges in order to make it better to use for the kli or for the karamita, that would be an isa makarapatish. If you threw this shard or any part of this kli into the garbage heap, then us at that point would become us because you mabatal the kli, it's now not a kli anymore and therefore it be a dinner muksa. So Fred Gemara, Masara Papa, how can you say that's muksa? If someone throws a shirt or some sort of a beged into the ashbah, also the beged now doesn't become a beged anymore, someone could still take it out of the ashbah and therefore it should still be good. It should be 
bottle daitel eats a kolodom. Elam Rapapa Rapapa responds and we turn to Kufhafei Yom and Aleph. Imzarkum Badyon La Ashpa Asura. What we were referring to was when someone threw it while it was still Friday into the Ashpa. Then Rashi says, Go daitum esmo to la manu. But in Khami, once this clay clee, after Shabbos starts at that point, you can't be mavatal by just throwing it to Ashpa. Just like if you take your shirt and throw it into the Ashpa on Shabbos, you're not mavatal and it doesn't become muksa. Now the top tracer says that even though we're saying at this point that if you throw this shard into the Ashpa, that becomes muksa, that's only the shard because it wasn't muqamid and therefore it becomes muksa. However, the glimmer, the actual clothing that we were talking about before, if you throw it in the Ashpa before Shabbos, it would still not become muksa because butler dietly to call no person would throw away a good shirt or a good piece of clothing. The Gemara continues, Um Bamduri Amishmul, Bamduri said the Mishmul, Kremi Shomaksel's Mutal Tatlum Shabbos, that if you have shreds or strips of a reed mat and now they're ripped off the mat so you're allowed to move them on Shabbos and not consider books so my timer on Rav Rav says Bamdui Azbali Bamdui himself explained it to me that Machzel is good for what's the whole point of having a mat one of the purposes a full mat is either used to take to cover up dirt that was placed on the side in order to cover up Tzaya or that they were just placed as a mat on the floor in order that the dust shouldn't rise up so these also once you have the strips it still has the same usage and therefore it would still not be some muksa and you're allowed to move them on Shabbos. Now Tais points out the Revach and the Muslim Fire Shachi, Avakab the Loy Boyim Emalach Rishon. The Chayyur is Tali and the Machlech Rabbi and Rabbi Yudah in the Mishnah we had before. And the Fear of May, you don't need Emalach Rishon. Kedam Rabbi Nachman Lael Cherech Tana Mutal Tatlum Bechatzim Mishum Bechazik Suyim Emano. So over here, you don't have to say that because it has the same use, it could have been for any other use. We're just saying this was the specific type of use, and therefore it makes sense that it would be Mutal. Amr Abzera, Amr Rav Abzera says Amr Rav Shiari Prusmiyos Asal Tatlum Shabbos the remnants of a talus gadol which was used actually for a mitzvah it would be us to move them on Shabbos when did we say this we only said it by patches that were not a share of three by three at spice because they're completely insignificant and not chashv at all however if they were larger if they were three by three at spice then they could be used for patches and therefore it would be mutl tatl on Shabbos just a reminder in order to be able to understand the next Gemara we had our Mishnah that had a machlekes between the Tanakam Rabbi Yudah our Gemara will actually say the Tanakam was Rameya and Rameya said that Kola came when he told me Shabbos Shavayin told him the broken pieces of a kli that broke on Shabbos could be used on Shabbos and not consider the muksa. And Ramea held it has to be that has to be something that could be used for some sort of malacha, even like Rash said, that it's not similar to the original malacha that this kli was used for. However, Rabbi Yudah specifically said it has to be used for a similar malacha to its original malacha, otherwise it would be no I'd like the Gemara explain. In addition, it used to be that they made a tanner out of earthenware. Earthenware kalim, when they're brand new, are not very hard, and therefore, since they're not hard, they're not really chazer for any malach, and they break, you couldn't use it for anything. However, once they're older, or once they at least had one fire that was lit in it, then the heat makes the earthenware much harder, and then it'll be chazer for many malachas, not only as a tanner, but for other malachas as well. So the Gemara starts as follows. Tanner Rabban and Shibri Tanner Yosha, when you have a broken pieces of a old tanner, an old oven, harain it's like any other kli, and it could be used at this point. It's not considered muksa. Those are the words rameya, which seems to be the same rameya as we had on Mishnah. Tais points out lav dafka bechatzah because according to Rav Nachman and Rava, they were matter a kamel like we had the Gemara before. It was only the 
be Shmuel that said it had to be specifically in a chutzah. Rabbi Yudah says you can't actually use the Shivrei Tana at all because they have no purpose, it seems. Hey, Rabbi Yudah says you can't actually use the Shivrei Tana at all because they have First of all, he said, like Rabbi Meir, that Shivrei Tana, that old Tana, can be used on Shabbos, is not considered muksa, and also the covering of a Tana even if it doesn't have a handle, is not considered muksa and it can be moved on Shabbos. The Gemari asks, but my Kamifli, what's the Machlaikis here? I'm a Bayi, but Isa Meim Malach, but Isa Meim Lachton, Kamifli. The Machlaikis is specifically the same Machlaikis that we had, Ramey and Rabbi Yudah, in our Mishnah. If you could still do some Malacha with this item, for example, you could use the Cheres in order to cover a bottle, but you can't do the original malacha, which is to bake or to cook with it. So therefore, that's the malachah. And therefore, it's considered muksa because you have to specifically be able to do the malacha that was originally appropriate for it on Erev Shabbos. And now on Shabbos it broke, you can't do that, therefore it's muksa. Since before Shabbos it wasn't broken and only broke on Shabbos, therefore it's muqan. As long as it could be used for some sort of malacha on Shabbos, it wouldn't be considered muqsa. So, Masla Rav, Rav is the following Shiloh. If it's true that this is machlaikis between Rabbi and Rabbi Yudo, on the Mifflegu Bishiri Tana, why did they give a case that it was a broken Tana? Lifflegu Bishiri Kalim Alma. It would be the same machlaikis Rabbi and Yehuda, just like in our Mishnah, by a broken Kli, that Rabbi Yehuda held it was Nailah, that Rabbi holds it's muqan. If it's only only doing something which is me'im malacha, not me'im malachton. Elam Rav, b'shiri ta'itana k'mifli. Machlaikis b'shiri ha'me'ah and Rabbi is specifically regarding a specific type of a tana that is mentioned in Mesechlis Kalim. In order to understand the next Gemara, let's explain what a tana used to look like. They used to have a round oven that was basically just a hollow tube where you put the food inside it from the top. Sometimes, like bread, they used to stick to the wall of the actual tana. And then there was fire on the bottom on the kaka, but they settled the oven on the kaka and in order to make sure that it was insulated they used to take some mud and put it around the tana in order to make sure that there was no space between the tana and the ground however our mission that we're going to talk about in Misefus Kalim was talking about where you took such an item however in order to put the fire and they didn't put the fire on the ground and then had the food on top of it hanging either a pot was inside the tana or on the wall of the tana instead they placed the tana inside a bar and was suspended above the bar and therefore the fire was able to sit on the bottom of the bar and create heat going straight into the tanner in order to heat up the food. And when you place the tanner inside the bar or the dust, in order to secure it, you have to make sure it fits very snugly into that area in order for the fire not to escape from the sides of the tanner. And sometimes this was done by using a very thin stone in order to wedge it in between the oven and the pit. And that would be enough to keep the heat completely retained inside the oven and that would make it very hot. However, sometimes you need a much larger stone and if you use a larger stone to wedge the oven between the oven and the pit, then this heat would escape and therefore you couldn't put the fire into the pit. You would actually have to put it into the oven and you would cook your food by putting it into a pot or by putting the bread on the side walls of the oven. So the Gemara continues, it's now, we learned to the Mishnah Kalim, if you had the Tana that was placed inside a borrowed dust, and then you place some sort of evidence in there in order to secure it. If you could place the fire in the bar and it will heat up into the oven, then tummy, then that oven is considered tummy. But if not, then it's considered tummy. We'll see why in the Gemara. As long as it heats up, it doesn't make a difference how it heats up. This Tana is going to be tummy. It has a dinner of tummy and it could become tummy. What's the machlekes between Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Huda with this positive Tana of a crime? 
Shemitot Tmeim Heim, Utmeim Melchem, the Pazik says, and Avrin or Stav that became Tami should be demolished. They are Tami and should remain Tami for you. Rabbi Yudasava, Mechusa, the Titsa Tami, something that you have to break apart and has to be destroyed, which means that's attached to the Kaka, then it's Tami. So therefore, if it's attached to the ground, well, it's Tami. Sheem Mechusa, the Titsa, but if it doesn't be broken because it's already detached from the ground, that's Tana. That's not considered Tana. Tana has to be attached to the ground. As long as it's Tana, as long as it could cook, it's a Tana and it could be Makabal Tumah. But the Gemara asks, it says specifically it has to be something that could be demolished. And therefore, if it's not attached to the ground, how can you say it could be come Tameh? The Gemara answers, it's actually going the opposite way that you might think that if it's detached from the ground, of course it's Tameh. But if it's attached to the ground, maybe it's considered Kaka at this point and therefore it can't become Tameh, just like other things which are attached to the ground. For example, a bias can become Tameh. The since it's attached to the ground, it's considered like haka, it can't become tummy. Kamash one, that even if it has to be yutats, it's still going to be considered tummy. Why did it say tummy? It's mash, but it's always going to be tummy. The Gemara answers, "Hey, could Rabbi Mishmuel? I'm Rabbi Mishmuel. Machlekes b'hesek rishon. Our b'hesek sheni. I feel the talib b'tzav gamal that the machlekes between Rabbi Yehuda and the Tanakama is only the first time you're heating up this oven. Does it have to be attached to the ground in order to be considered that it's heated up enough that it now gets the shem of a tana? It's now heated earthenware that could have a shem of a tana. So Rabbi Yehuda holds that the first time it has to be totally attached to the ground in order to have the shem tana. Rabbanon say even the first time you could be hanging it from a camel." Neck, it would still be considered a tanat after you heat it up the first time, and it would be makabal tuba. Now, if you're a Yehuda, he definitely agrees to Rabbanon that once it's heated up and it was attached to the ground and it became a tana, now even if I pull it out and even if I hang it on the neck of a gummel, like Rabbi Yehuda's expression is, it would still be considered tummy and it would be makabal tuma. And if it was already tummy, it would retain its tuma until you actually break the tana, just like any klicharis has a din that the only way to make it tar is by breaking it can't go into a mikvah. That the first heating of a tana would make it into a clean, it would make it into a tana that is mikabotumah, even with Talbot Savagomal, it doesn't have to be actually attached to the ground. Now, Rabbi says this machlaikis, Rabban and Rabbiuda, is the same machlaikis we had before, Rabbi and Rabbiuda, but he gave muks on Shabbos. When the Bryce originally said, Shivri Tana Yashim, we referred to a tana that was heated up in this method, that it wasn't attached to the ground when it was first heated up. Therefore, the feet of Rabbanon, it's still considered clean. It's still considered a tanner, and therefore the broken kalim is a shivrei kalim, and therefore you can be metaltal on Shabbos. No problem, just like any shivrei kalim. However, Rabbi Huda holds the tanner itself is not considered a tanner yet because it wasn't heated the first time in a proper method, and therefore the earthenware did not yet get hardened enough and is not considered a kli. Therefore, the shivrei kalim is not either a kli. And Lafir Rabbi Huda, both the tanner and the shivrei tanner would both not be kalim and would both be muksil. Frakti Gemara, Master of Ashi, if that's true, Ihachi on the the Machlekes has nothing to do with the Shivri Tana. The whole Machlekes is, is the Tana considered Muksu or not? If the Tana itself is not considered clear because it wasn't heated properly, then of course the Shvarv can't be a clean and for sure it's Muksu. So how could Rav explain that this is the Pshat in the Machlekes between Rabbi Huda and Rameya before? So Ella, Rav Ashi, Lo'elum Kedam 
Mikar really the machlekes between Ramei and Rabbi Huda in the Brisa is exactly the same machlekes between Ramei and Rabbi Huda of our Mishnah, and we're referring to a Tana. And the question of Rava, why do we speak about a Tana? Why do we speak about regular Shibri Kalim? So Rabbi, Rabbi Ashi says is Va'isa Ma'isa Tapa. We're talking about a case where the broken kli or the broken Tana now could be used similar to an oven, but instead of the heat going inside the oven and heating things inside the oven, we're talking about using it almost like a tile and putting the heat under the tile and leaving the bread on top of the tile. And therefore, Rameel adverbed Rabbi Yudah Kama. is saying uh, and arguing with Rabbi Yudah according to his own words. Literally, according to me, I feel the it would be mutter to move these things because it doesn't even have to do anything with fire. It doesn't have to be cooking. It could do any malacha as long as it could stuff up a bottle, for example. That would also not make a muksa. El according to you, at least you should be married this is considered its own malacha because at least it's using it for cooking and heating something up. Rabbi Yudah says, no, it's not similar. Over there, in a regular tana, first before it broke, it would be heated from inside. And here, the only heat and the way that's generating the heat in order to cook something is from the bottom of this plate, and it's cooking from the bottom up. And therefore, that's not going to be the same case, and that's not even considered smalachton, and therefore it's considered muksa. And another reason why this is not considered smalachton, because hasamomad, hachalamomad. By regular oven, you take the bread or you take the dough, and you stick it on the side of the oven standing, and that's how it used to bake. However, over here, once it's a shard, all you could do is take the piece of bread or the dough and put it on top of the shard it's not sticking to the wall and therefore that's considered la moment and that's why it's not similar and that's not considered malachton and therefore it's muksa. The Gemara continues we said before that on broken pieces of itana that's old that you could move them on Shabbos which is exactly like Rameya and on its covering that it does need a handle. The Gemara says who do we carry the handles of itana that is used in Masabachasa where they didn't have handles on the inland base Achiza. Come on, that's going like we just said, like Rabbi Ben Yaakov. We continue with the Mishnah. They used to use a gourd or some sort of vegetable that used to hollow out and they dried it out and then they made it into some sort of a pail that they would draw water from a well from. Now in order to draw water, it would generally not be able to be used because it would float on top of the water. However, they put a stone in it in order to weigh it down and that would be the way that they would be able to draw the water. So Gemara says, if you have the stone that's in this hollowed out gourd, if you fill up the water, and it won't fall out because the stone is secure, it was tied on well, Malamba, then you could fill it up with this kli because this kli is now part of the kli and therefore it's not muksa. If the evan will fall out and it's not secure to the bucket, Rash says, It's just like a regular evan. And therefore, it's a bustle of also, and you can't move not only the stone, which is muksa, you can't even use the bucket, which is now bustle of also. And we turn to if you have a grapevine that's tied to a pitcher and that's going to be used to collect water from a bar, then you can fill it up on Shabbos. The grapevine again becomes part of the kli and it is now considered a kli. The shutter of the window. Those days they used to have shutters, not like ours, which are fixed into the window. They used to have a piece of wood or some sort of a material that would block out the sun from the window. But the way they used to put it in, every time they used to have to take that piece of wood and stick it into the window. Now, they used to take a rope and tie it to some part of the binion in order to have it 
handy and be able to stick it in through a window. Now, if that rope was very short and therefore it never went onto the ground and always was hanging and all you have to do is now put it into the window, then that would not be a problem we'll see in a moment. However, if the rope that was holding up the shutter would be longer and therefore when you took out the shutter from the window it would actually be dragging on the floor, then that shutter may have a problem of binion by putting it into the window. So if it's tied and it's still hanging, then you could use it and stuff up the window. But but if not, if it's dragging on the floor, then you can't be piking by because now it's going to be an isidrabanum because it looks like your mice of alabinion. However, you could always be piking by. We'll see in the Gemara. Tanan Hassan, we learn in a Mishnah later on in the Msechta on Kufmanbez on Mbez. Evan Shalpia Chavis, Matal Sita Benefels. If you have a stone that's placed on the top of a Chavis, you can lean the Chavis on its side and the Evan will fall off and then you'll be able to take off the top of the Chavis in order to get wine out of the Chavis. And the Mishnah actually continues over there and says, not only you can leave it or lean it over in its spot, but even, for example, if it's in an area where there's a mate, if a wine cell and you have many barrels and you're scared, if you're going to tip over the Chavis and the stone will hit another barrel, it will break it, you'll have to pick up the entire Chavis with the Evan on top of it, move it to the side, and then do this idea of matal tzidu v'neifelas. So, Am Rabba, Am Rabba Ami, Am Rabbi Yechran, this is Rabba, let's remember the name, Rabba Ami in the name of Rabbi Yechran, it's only talking when you forgot to take the stone off before Shabbos. However, if you place it there, then it becomes a bosses to Dava Asa because the rock is a Dava Asa, it's a Muxamachmas Gufai, it's something you can't use it for, and you're something that you place there by itself, therefore that could become a bosses because the only way to make something a bosses is only if you had it there, Bikavana, and therefore you actually can't do it in that point. But Rabbi Yasef, the opposite is true. The only time we said it is when you forgot it there. However, if you place it there originally, with Kavana, then this becomes like the cover of the Chavis, and therefore becomes a Kli, and you're actually allowed to move it on Chavis. You don't even have to do this Maisa where you Mata Al You can take the Evan off the Chavis by itself. On my own member, I just said that an Evan, when you had Kavana, it's a bustle's Dava Asa, and it's not considered part of the Kli, but we learned in our Mishnah, Evan Shepikurura, if you have a stone that's attached to that bucket, and it doesn't fall off, which means it was attached very well, then you can fill up, and the Evan becomes part of the Kli. So why do you say it becomes part of the Kli? If I just said that it becomes a bustle's Dava Asa, and the Evan is still considered not a Kli, it's considered a Muxa Machmas Kufai. The Gemara says, Valayi Hasa over there, since you attached it very well, therefore it's considered part of the daifin. However, over here, where it's just placed on top of it, that's not enough to make it a kli. It still remains as an evan. Rabbi Yisif says, I have a kasha on my member from the end of the Mishnah. It says, if it was not attached well, but you can't use it. But I said that when you put the evan on side, even if it's not attached to the actual barrel, it becomes part of a kli, and you'll have to even take it off without even even leaning the chavis, you're allowed to take off the evan by itself. It's not considered muksa. And the Gemara answers, that our case is a case where it's a rock that goes on top of the chavis, and that actually is doing the action it's needed for, where it's holding down the lid, and therefore it doesn't have to be attached to the barrel. 
But in the case of the stone where it's not attached to the bucket, then the fact that it's not going to work anymore, the bucket, therefore it had to be that this stone is not part of the bucket and it actually is considered muksa, and therefore you can't even move the bucket because the stone now makes it a bustle to the also. The Gemara continues, between Rabba in the name of Rab Ami of Rabbi Echron and Rabbi Yasef in the name of Asi in the name of Rabbi Echron. Masa or being a Maisa, Masa or being a Maisa. Rabbi Ami holds that you need a Maisa, therefore by just placing the stone on top of the Chavis, that's not enough, and it's considered, it's still us, it's considered Muksa, and therefore, the Chavis is a bustle of the also. However, Asi holds, all you have to do is to place something, and you don't need a Maisa, and that's why it's going to be good enough, and it won't be considered Muksa. V'azul Tamei, or Ami and Rabasi are going according to the time. The Chiyos, or Abdimi, Amram Chanina, or Amri, some say it was Amram Zera, Amram Chanina, Pam Achas, Halach Rebbe, Lamakam Echad. There was a time that Rebbe went to a certain place, Umat, and Nidbach Shalabanim, and he saw that there was a pile of stones. V'amul Tamidim, and he told his Tamidim, to go before Shabbos, V'chishfu, and have Kavan on them, that we're going to use them on Shabbos, Kedesh, Neshavalei, and Lamach, and order that we'll be able to sit on them tomorrow, and therefore, by you having just Kavan, that will be enough. V'alei Tzrich, and Rebbe, Lamaisa, and Rebbe didn't need them to do any mice at all. Rabbi Yechel said the story was that Rabbi told his Talmud to actually do a mice. My Amlu, what type of mice did he tell him to do? Rabbi Ami Amai, he said, he said, go and take them and actually put them in the proper position because if you don't put them in the proper position, we actually won't be able to sit them on them or move them tomorrow because that would be muksa. But Rabbi Ami Amai, he said, go do some sort of a small mice because if you do any small mice like like cleaning them off, that's enough that they're not considered muks anymore and we'll be able to even move them on Shabbos. And this therefore is exactly where Rabbi Ami and Rabbi Shita was before. Rabbi Ami held a small mice wouldn't have been enough and therefore it would be still muksa. and that's why he said make sure that in the proper way and proper rows right now because we won't be able to move them tomorrow unless we did an actual large mice today. However, Rabbi Ami said we don't care. Just do some sort of small mice that's going to be just good enough just like if you placed an Eben on top of the Chavis that's enough. Here also by just wiping them off that's going to be enough that now that's not considered muksa. The Gemara continues. Now, both of the next man that we're going to see in the Gemara, Rabbi Yasi ben Shal and Rabbi Yechem ben Shal, both agree that the story of Rabbi happened that either Rabbi didn't require any maisa or like Rabbi Asi said that go and clean them off and that was enough by doing a small maisa. They both don't agree to Rabbi They told him that they can't do any malach with it and they won't be able to move it at all on Shabbos because they become muksa. How do we see that? Because we said, Itma, we learned Rabbi Yasi ben Shal that it wasn't talking about a row of stones that were over there, but it was actually stacks of dew beams that they made sure that it was stacked up because when they're using them for a binion, they didn't want them to break or to bend in any way. That we were talking about a pole of a ship. Rashi says they used to use this pole of a ship to check in areas what the depth of the water and again, in those cases, they didn't want it to break or to bend because then you wouldn't know what the depth of the sea was. Now, in both of these cases, Rebbe said that you could use these either with just Machshava before Shabbos or by doing a small mice to them before Shabbos and now it wouldn't be considered muksa. But the Gemara says as follows, Mandam Magoshes, the Mandam who said Gosh was Rabbi Yechon Mitchell, and Koshkel Soya, of course he would agree by Soya, it would also be able to be taken out of its status of muksa before Shabbos by doing either a small malacha or by having Kavana. However, Mandam Masoya, Avagoshes, Kapitolel, 
But according to Rabbi Yisab ben Shal, who said that the story of Rabbi happened by stacks of beams, then that's only the place that Rabbi said you're allowed to move them on Shabbos as long as you did a small action to before Shabbos or you had kavan on them. Avagoshes kapalel. But by the case of the pole for the ship, then you makpanim. Rashi says shleis akim it shouldn't bend, and therefore miachle makom laksla bidaim. For sure, in that case, it's muchsumach b'chasarim kiss. And I feel Rabbi Shimon also tafel muchsumach b'chasarim kiss. I feel Rabbi Shimon and therefore you would have to have an actual stronger ma'isa or more significant act in order to take it out of muksa and by having kavan on it before Shabbos or by doing some minimal act of wiping them down that would not be enough to take it out of muksa status for Shabbos and it would be us to move on Shabbos and we'll stop over here.